listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Hello, Faith Church. Welcome to another uh, weekend of worship at home. I'm Pastor Tom. Pastor Nathan is joining me here. We're the replacements from the two regular preachers. But we're excited to be with you, and I hope you've already had a great time of worship at home with singing and prayer. And now it's time for a very important part of worship, which is the teaching from God's Word. We've been on a series for the past few weeks called Life in the Spirit, and now we're looking at the nine flavors of the fruit of the Spirit. We've already had a message on love and one on joy, and this week we're looking at the topic of peace. So, Nathan, we're glad to have you on today. It's a much-desired quality. It's a much-lacking quality, I'm confessing, in my own life, because I don't always feel at peace. So how can you help us with this topic of peace? Well, luckily it's not up to me, um, but hopefully I can help us understand peace by looking at God's Word uh, together. So, yeah, I I grew up in church, in Sunday school, and one of the songs we would always sing is Peace Like a River. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Um, And if I'm being honest, you know, similar to your confession just now, if if I were to sing that song truthfully, it's more like I've got peace like a dripping gutter spout in my soul. Just the little dripping doesn't really feel like a river to me. and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it sounds like you can relate to that and just not knowing that there is a depth of peace available through God, but yet not always feeling like we're experiencing it. Yeah, for sure. So you're saying the result then is that the peace in your soul sometimes just isn't gushing forth and sometimes you don't feel much peace at all. Yeah. Like that trickle. Right. And, and I don't want to belabor the point of always you know, relating things back to the pandemic, but that's the situation we're in, right? Um, That we are feeling a lot of anxiety and worry and um, the people who are at peace around us, in a sense, almost stick out like a sore thumb, maybe in a good way, but it's like, wow, they have peace. And yet the whole world seems to be losing their minds at times. Yeah. So where do we start with this? Yeah. We want to look at how we can not just go from experiencing peace little bits here and there, but to experiencing peace more fully. Um, So we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And we're looking at how the peace that flows from the Spirit, the flavor of the fruit of the Spirit, um, it has a surprising character and it has a supernatural origin. Surprising character and supernatural origin of peace. Okay, so maybe start with just what then is peace? Can you start with a a description of it? Um, We're going to first be looking at the surprising character of peace. Tim Keller uh, defines peace as confidence and trust in God's wise and good control over your life. Now, it's a little bit counterintuitive because we think of peace coming from our own control, our own control over our life, our own ability to determine outcomes of our days, of our weeks, of our months. And yet what Tim Keller is saying, what scripture says is that true peace doesn't come from our own ability to control our lives, but the opposite, giving up control, surrendering our control. Um, And if anyone thinks they might have control over that, I mean, just look 
look around you. You know, we might be able to control, you know, what clothes we wear, what food we eat, you know, maybe where to live, that kind of thing. But how many of us are in control of family members getting sick? Uh, how many of us are in control of um, losing our job? Or, uh, you know, even death itself, when we reach that point, how many of us can control that? And the answer is none. We're not in control of these bigger life events and bigger life decisions. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. And in fact, I, I think this pandemic makes us realize how much we aren't in control and how dependent we are as, as people on God. Yeah. So what we think gives us peace is control, but what actually gives us peace is surrender. Uh, so we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4 and see what does that look like? How do we surrender? Um, so in verse 7 of, you know, I know we're looking at verses 4 through 9, uh, but in verse 7 it says this, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So peace that surpasses all human understanding. I mean, to me that sounds pretty great, and I want to get a piece of that peace, if you know what I mean. Um, and so <laughs> he, Paul gives us three descriptors of what is the character of this piece. Okay, now I've understood that that's actually the only time in the New Testament that that word is found. Um, not just the, the peace of God as a term. The we peace see of God as a yeah, term. So yeah. we see other places where um, it's the peace of Christ, okay. and obviously peace as a flavor of the fruit of the Spirit. But the peace of God, this is a, a phrase that is unique to this, this passage right here. Only once, but a powerful phrase, yes. and one I want to experience. So yes, absolutely. Me. We all yeah. want to experience the peace of God. So let's take a second to, to unpack these three descriptors a little bit at a time as we look at the character of peace. So first, Paul says that it surpasses understanding. Um, a way to think about this is we could acquire the entire breadth of human knowledge and experience. We could study uh, and become experts in every human religion, uh, every philosophy, every PhD out there, and yet the peace of God surpasses them all. Not just because it's greater than knowledge itself, but it, in a sense, it's out of this world. It is not sourced from humans, but it is source, the source of this peace is God himself. So the second thing that Paul talks about in terms of the character, uh, the surprising character of this peace, is that it guards your hearts and minds. And this okay. is where yeah. I want to camp out for a little bit to, to look at this. Um, so go with me for a second here. Uh, if I were to tell you, Tom, you need to guard your heart, what, is, what does that make you think of? Uh, probably major sins, temptations. Yeah. Yeah. I've said that to my kids many times. Right. Uh, <laughs> growing up, the only, I heard that phrase, guard your heart, yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, but it was only ever referring to one type of sin. Usually mm. it had to do with uh, lust or, you know, don't fall in love with a girl too quickly kind yeah. of thing, right? Okay. And so this idea that peace guards your hearts and minds mm. kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, it gives yeah. a little bit of a different picture. Yeah. And I also find it a little bit, um, I don't know if ironic is the right word. Pastor Joey could tell me if I'm using that term improperly. You're probably using it wrong. Yeah, he'll probably. Yeah, <laughs> he'll tell me later. Um, but uh, the fact that he uses guarding your hearts like a military term yeah. mm -hmm. to refer to peace. 
uh, it does seem a little bit yeah. ironic, right? That peace we think of as smoothing over non-conflict, uh, maybe even avoiding conflict by human definition. But he's saying, no, the peace of God guards your hearts and minds. And the word that he used here is used elsewhere in the New Testament um, and outside of Scripture to really, it means to guard, uh, as a king guards a city, or maybe as a shepherd guards his flock, right? And so we get this picture of the peace of God actually guarding our hearts and minds. Um, so it's not you guarding your heart, it's right. God guarding your heart. Right. And it's not just referring to like the seven deadly sins, guarding your hearts against uh, the seven deadly sins of envy, greed, lust, uh, selfishness, whatever these sins are, right? But it's guarding our hearts from something else. And I think the key to what God's peace is guarding us from is our own worry, mm. our own temptation to take control. The peace of God guards our hearts and minds, not necessarily from the seven deadly sins like greed or lust or envy or anger, not just those things, but the peace of God guards our hearts and minds from our own anxiety and worry. Uh, that if you can think about it in the sense of just like a snowballing effect, that often when we are tempted to worry or we, we begin to feel anxious about something, often in that moment, things can just really start to snowball. We, Spiraling out of yes, control. Yes, our yeah. minds start okay. to spiral out of control as yeah. we think about everything that could go wrong, right? Um, we start to think about what could happen tomorrow or the next day. And, and I think we've all experienced a bit of that in this pandemic, when initially we had no idea what was going on, how long we were going to be in quarantine, seemed like there was going to be no end to all of this, yeah. um, and it can really start to snowball. And then before you know it, you look at your worries, you, you look at your anxiety, and it's just this massive mound, and you don't know what to do okay, with it. Okay, so how do you, how do you br where do you take that? How do you right. bring it under control? Right, so I think in some sense he does, the peace of God helps us to manage that, but I also think it guards us and it keeps us from letting that snowball start. Okay. That when those, those fears, those worries, those anxieties first begin to creep in, the peace of God protects our hearts and our minds from letting that spiraling happen. So where do we go with that then? Yeah, well, um, that's a great question because the third thing, that the third nature of the peace of, the peace of God is that it is in Christ Jesus, uh, that ultimately it's not in our own ability. Um, and so Paul says elsewhere in Colossians 3 that your life is hidden with Christ in God. It is secure. No one can touch you in that sense, that um, the powers of hell and Satan, spiritual forces, have no power over you because your life is hidden with Christ and God, and it is secure. And we see throughout Scripture this reality that we are covered and protected because we are with Christ. Uh, and it is ultimately because of him, not our own abilities, that the peace of God is able to guard our hearts and minds. So does that mean we shouldn't be having any troubles then? I mean, we should just be oblivious? Wouldn't that be easy? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and maybe that's where we get a little confused sometimes when we think about what does it mean that we are safe and secure in Christ? Because from a worldly perspective, it'd be great. Um, to be safe and secure in Christ means 
that we will not experience suffering, that things will go the way we want them to do, or things will go the way we want them to go. Um, and so just because we are safe and secure in Christ doesn't mean we will not encounter trouble. In fact, Jesus promises his disciples, mm -hmm. you will encounter trials. Yeah. Um, but he gives us his peace to help endure through those trials, knowing that our ultimate and final destination mm -hmm. is never in doubt. Okay, so we read here that this peace is the peace of God. Um, it comes from God. God guards our hearts, it says. So this seems like we've traveled a long ways from Galatians 5 to this discussion. Um, is this the same peace that is in the peace, the, the list of the, the fruit, fruit of the Spirit. Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? Yeah, it does so seem forth. like we've come maybe a long way, or this seems out of context with the fruit of the Spirit. Um, but as we know, the Holy Spirit is himself God, yes. right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's good theology. Um, and yeah. so, yes, good yeah. theology. Um, and so the peace of God, as we've looked at it in terms of its character, uh, it, it comes from somewhere, right? And the source of the peace of God uh, comes from peace with God. And so next we want to look at the supernatural origin of peace. Okay, so the supernatural origin of peace, in short... The origin is God, right? We, we, look, we mentioned that briefly, that it's about giving up control to the one who is in control, and that is where peace comes from. Um, but in order to experience the peace of God, we need to be at peace with God. Mm -hmm. Currently, as we sit here, as we've placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God, but it hasn't always been that way, yeah. right? Um, the History of mankind is a history of broken relationships. Yeah. Um, look all around us and we see broken relationships with family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, right? That maybe even during this tense time, we're experiencing more and more and we're seeing more and more cracks in those relationships. And that's the pattern since Adam and Eve and it continues and almost seems like it gets worse. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. And sometimes we might feel like we have peace, like, oh, that estranged uncle I never talked to. Mm -hmm. We have peace. Well, maybe you don't really have peace. You just never talk. Yeah. It's more neglecting the relationship. Yeah. Um, there's not really a true peace in that relationship. Mm -hmm. But our pr despite all the broken relationships around us, our primary broken relationship is with God. Yeah. Right? That because of our sin, because of the sin we inherited through Adam and Eve, we are at odds with God, that our relationship with God has been broken and we can't do anything to repair it. So what, how can it be repaired then? If we're helpless, yeah. who's going to help us? Right, exactly. And the answer that is the answer to every Bible question, Jesus, yeah, right? right. <laughs> Sunday school answer, but yes, it works. But it, it works, works. it yeah. works here. Yeah. Um, what happened? Well, in the, the book of Romans, uh, Paul says this, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That looks like good news to me. That is yeah. great news. Yeah. Yes, that is the gospel. Uh, it is because of our faith in Jesus Christ that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? And our relationship was broken, but yet because of Jesus Christ, he has restored and redeemed that broken relationship. So we are the offender, right? We have sinned, broken God's commandments, yet God has forgiven our debt and made himself to be our peace. 
So we see that we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, right? This is a sermon series all on its own. But to kind of get us back to Philippians 4, uh, let's look at the connection between verses 6 and verse 7. So we have this peace with God, but we're still not at fully at peace. Right, where you're headed right, with this? yes, yeah, okay. exactly. So we have peace with God in terms of our relationship has been restored yeah. because of Christ Jesus, but we might not always feel at peace. Yeah. Even though we know the, the peace of God is guarding our hearts and minds, we might not always feel that way. But Paul says this in verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then he talks about what the peace of God does. So we're told to not be anxious, but rather through prayer, bring everything to God and surrender it to him, right? And this goes back to the counterintuitive nature of peace, yeah. surrender versus trying to be in control. And the other thing is that the peace with God and the peace of God d is not dependent on how he answers these requests. Mm -hmm. We might pray in a difficult situation for um, help on a test or uh, health when we're sick or wisdom and guidance, good things to pray for, right? Uh, but how he answers those prayers, it doesn't matter how he answers them. We still have peace with God because he has saying, he's saying, I've got it. Now let go. So if, even if he says no to what we want, even if the trial right. we're going through just seems to have no end, yeah. We should still somehow be able to experience peace in the midst of the storm. Yeah. And I know it almost seems like you're asking in a way like, can this really be true? And the answer is yes. It's yeah. easier said than done, but mm -hmm. we in fact have the ability to experience peace, even if God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want yeah. them to. Yeah. Um, my daughter Hazel is a little over two years old, and uh, she is a very independent and strong-willed child, uh, which is great, but it also, you know, presents some difficulties. First two-year-old ever be that way. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure, I'm sure. Uh, and the first parent who's ever had to deal with that. Yeah. Um, but she's at a phase where she wants to do everything herself, mm -hmm. but we've taught her, hey, you can ask for help, don't get frustrated, ask for help, and mom or dad will come help you. Um, and so lately, she's kind of been in this phase where she's learned to ask for help. She'll be trying to, you know, do something with her toys or do something that she can't, she's, can't do it on herself. So she says, help. And I'm like, okay, I'd love to come help you. And then as soon as I try to step in to help her, she gets angry. Oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah. no, no, no. It's like, no, Hazel, you asked for help. Why are you getting angry with me? And uh, I think one of the primary reasons God made us parents, not just me and my mm -hmm. wife, but I just mean in general, is to teach us about our relationship yeah, with him, yeah. right? That that is how he often comes alongside of us. We're, we're in a difficult situation. We, we cry out to God for help. Mm -hmm. And then instead of like surrendering this thing to like, okay, I need, I need your help, yeah. take this. We are like, no, 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 I, I want to hold on to it. Yeah, that's and a great example. Yeah. <laughs> we, when we put it in those perspectives, we realize that we're, we're kind of acting childish. Oh, yeah. That when we ask God for help, yet we're unwilling mm -hmm. to receive his help when he offers it. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a humorous example of, of a small child, but that's often how we act in comparison to our holy God. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> so, the peace of God comes from peace with God. Okay. But this peace doesn't depend on our actions. It doesn't depend on the strength of our faith. 
It doesn't uh, depend on our smarts or our wit. It doesn't depend on our church attendance mm. or how much money we put in the offering plate or how much we pray. We have peace with God because of the object of our faith, mm. who is Jesus Christ. Mm. And it's because of our peace with God and that restored relationship that we are able to experience the peace of God which is a peace that flows from him. So it sounds like our peace with God is very much like salvation itself. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. Absolutely. So we'd like to take credit for it, and we can't. In a similar way to how Jeff was talking about sanctification last week, mm -hmm. right? That we are, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are sanctified. We are made holy. Right. But there is also a process of sanctification where we are growing in that and we are continually made holy. You know, the scriptures say that we're changed from one degree of glory to the next. Yes. And so in the same way, we are at peace with God when we place our faith and trust in him. There is nothing in that relationship that needs to be restored any further. So the fact that I don't feel at peace sometimes, that doesn't mean I've lost my relationship with God. Exactly, That's exactly. Yeah. So the question then we go to ask is, okay, so we have peace with God. We know what the peace of God can do for us. Mm -hmm. So how do we grow in it? How do we grow in the peace of God? Have, have, you, have you noticed that uh, of all the flavors of the fruit of the Spirit, not just peace, but all, the, all nine of them, it seems like some people have more grace for some than, than others? And how does that fit in here? Yeah, I, the way I've thought about it is if someone struggles with patience, they're an mm -hmm. impatient person, um, and we see them acting out in their impatience, it's like, oh, well, they're growing. They're, yeah. they're trying, right? Yeah. Or, or maybe we see someone who lacks, someone in a, you know, a brother or sister who lacks self-control, and we say, oh, you know what? They're growing, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we trust that they are growing in that. Yet I feel like sometimes when we think about peace, we don't, think about peace as something we can grow in. Mm -hmm. We might think about peace in either like an on-off switch. Either you've got it or you don't. Mm -hmm. You're worried or you're fearful, or you're anxious. Yeah. Don't be. Mm -hmm. Just stop being, yep. stop being anxious. Yeah. Right? And, and it could be, it's an easy answer to just say, don't be anxious. Yeah. But it doesn't really help us very often. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. Um, I, I, what about what Jesus says? I mean, this is the, this is the, the problem. If it's just you telling me to stop being anxious. Yeah. I can kind of reject you, but Jesus says it. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Oh, you have little faith. Why are you anxious? Don't be anxious. Yeah. And I read that as like, why am I anxious? So, yeah. So, I, I mean, there's not a short answer, but I think when it comes down to it, when we surrender those things to God, it's taking away our reasons for being anxious. Mm -hmm. That we're no longer holding on to those reasons as, hey, this is causing me worry. This is causing me fear. But when we surrender it to God, yeah. um, it's, I say it's simple. It's not a simple process, but it is a simple step from God's perspective. Yeah. That it is a matter of him taking control and saying, I've got this. Mm -hmm. So when we think about how we want to grow in peace, um, Right, that I mentioned a moment ago that peace with God is not dependent on what we do, right? It's not dependent on our church attendance or all these other things, right? But those things do impact how we grow in peace and how we live in peace. So our actions, our prayer life, 
our community with other believers, that doesn't impact our peace with God in terms of our position as being made right with him. But it does impact how we grow in peace. So going to church could still be an important part of that. Absolutely, absolutely. It doesn't change our position before God, Mm -hmm. but it does help us to grow in peace. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, rubbing shoulder to shoulder with other believers Mm -hmm. um, often gives us opportunities to practice peace, as it does patience and love Mm -hmm. and all the other fruits of Mm -hmm. the Spirit, or the other flavors of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Um, So there's both this objective peace that we have with God and this subjective peace that we're growing in. Um, It's kind of, you can think of it as what we know to be true versus maybe how we feel. I know I have peace with God, but do I fully understand how that peace with God allows me to be at peace with everything else? Whether that's other people, whether that's um, the situations we're put in, our circumstances. So Paul in Philippians 4 gives us two ways that we can grow in peace. And the first is that we can grow in peace by meditating on the things of God. Uh, And he talks about this in verse 8. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And not that the translation here, think about these things, is a bad translation, but it's more than just like, oh, yeah, I'll think about them from time to time. And maybe we're a little bit unfamiliar or maybe scared of the term to meditate, but that's really what the gist of what he's trying to say is we want to be meditating on these things, pouring over them in our minds when we wake up, when we go to sleep, Um, that it's not just something that like I think about it, like I think about, you know, the score of the sports game, like, oh yeah, who won that game? No, we want to be meditating. We want to be immersing ourselves in these things. And that's a word that is people are afraid of it because of Eastern meditation, I right, guess. But exactly. we shouldn't let that be taken from us because right. that's a very important practice. Yeah, and yeah. did you notice how... Biblical meditation, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you notice how broad Paul paints this picture? That he makes it almost as broad as possible. Whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is excellent, if there is anything praiseworthy, think about these things. Meditate on these things. Uh, as, you, as you eat, as you do things with your family, as you work, at, like day in, day out, as you think and meditate on these things that are praiseworthy and excellent, we will begin to feel ourselves more and more at peace because we're recognizing, I'm not in control. Yeah. I yeah. can't, you know, do anything to change my situations a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, and yet when we recognize God's control in our situation, that peace starts to flow through us. One of the best ways that I meditate, I think, in that way is through music, through singing. Absolutely. And so that's why being together as a, as a church family or at home as it is now yeah. and being able to sing together or, or the same songs at least yeah. before we come to the sermon. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe some of you are thinking, okay, does thinking about these things, meditating on these things, does that really help to grow in peace? Uh, and I'll say right now, absolutely. Um, My wife and I experienced this firsthand this past week. Um, Wednesday morning at about 2.30 in the morning, I noticed my wife Claire get up from bed and I thought maybe she was just getting a drink of water or something like that. And she was gone so long that I fell back asleep. But then she came back to bed 
woke me up and just said, I can't shake this feeling. And she explained to me how she was feeling unsettled. She doesn't know what she, why she woke up, but it, it almost felt like she woke up in the middle of a bad nightmare. Mm. Uh, but she just had this feeling she couldn't shake it. So she, she tried reading scripture. She tried um, praying, but she just could not shake this feeling. She did not feel at peace. And then as she's sharing this with me in the middle of the night, I'm not at peace either because I don't know what's going on. There's, there's no logical explanation yeah. for what's going on. Uh, but I was so thankful that I was studying this passage. I'm like, I know a great passage about peace. Now, I wasn't just trying to say, all right, let's read this passage and be done with it. But we read this passage over and over and over again. We prayed through it. We um, asked God through petition to just take away these, yeah. these feelings of anxiety and panic. And God eventually brought peace. That's like it wasn't this, this magical flip of the switch, like say this magical incantation and your worries will go away. But as we use God's word to meditate and reflect, and yes, we started playing, you know, some songs on our phone just to listen and worship. At 3 a.m. in the morning, God brought peace to both of us. And I'm so thankful that he did that. Um, So we can grow in peace by meditating on the things of God, uh, but we can also grow in peace by following the example of others. Okay, you have some good examples for us? Paul says in verse 9 of Philippians 4, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Practice them. Wow. Yeah. So Paul is putting himself forward as an example. Yeah, I think elsewhere he also says, follow me as I follow Christ. He does, yeah. That is a pretty bold statement Mm -hmm. to make. Um, You know, my my wife has told me before that one of the qualities she liked in me was Mm -hmm. my patience. Now, I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, and this is a sermon on peace, not patience, but I'm not really great at peace. So I thought I'd kind of use an example of something I feel like maybe I'm okay at. Sounds like Um, a good plan. Yeah. So patience is something not that I just sat down one day and decided, hey, you know what? I want to grow Mm -hmm. in patience. But rather, I grew up with seven brothers and a father who was very patient. My dad Mm -hmm. is one of the most patient people I've ever met that we would do the craziest things and we could tell it upset him. He would be angry, but he was patient. Mm. And for the most part, every single one of us, my, my seven brothers and I, all have a depth of patience because we followed his it example. It was modeled well for it you throughout It was modeled life very kids. well. Yeah. Now, now, granted, yeah. he wasn't perfect, but when I think of one of the greatest character qualities of my dad, it was his patience. That's neat. So I'm excited to, to learn even more when Pastor Joey talks about patience next week. But I use that as an example to say, okay, as I look at my life, I realize I, I don't feel very much at peace most of the time. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot of worry. I feel anxious at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I surrounding myself? Am I rubbing shoulders with peaceful people? Mm-hmm. People who see and know their um, peace with God and use it to have peace with others. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think the other way we can grow in peace is to follow the example of others. So as we begin to wrap this up, what kind of help could you give us in terms of how we really apply this promise of peace that God has given? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And ultimately, like I said at the beginning, it's not necessarily a promise that I'm giving, 
but it's a promise that we see in yeah. God's word. Mm-hmm. He, he ends this section uh, in verse 9 by saying, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. Now that is not a dependent clause, meaning he's not saying um, do these things, meditate on these things, follow my example, and then because you've done these things, the God of peace will be with you. But it's an independent clause. It is its own statement. It's not dependent on what he's saying before, that ultimately if you have peace with God through Jesus Christ, the God of peace will be with you. So we might be thinking, okay, what if what if I lose my job? Mm. What then? And in scripture, the God of peace will be mm-hmm. with you. Okay. Uh, what, if, what if my wife leaves me right? or I mm. end up alone? You know, I'm single now and I want to be married, but I, I'm worried I might be single the rest of my life. Well, mm. the God of peace mm. will be with you. Yeah. Uh, what if I feel lonely and isolated? Mm. Not just during this Uh, season of quarantine, but I felt lonely and isolated well before, and I'm worried I will feel lonely and isolated well after. Mm -hmm. The God of peace peace will will be be with you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What if I feel abandoned, maybe by friends or family? The God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. What if I'm filled with worry and anxiety? The God God of of peace peace will will be be with with you. you. That's awesome. Yeah. Can I pray for you and for all of us? Heavenly Father, uh, thank you that you have made peace with us through our Lord Jesus Christ. That because we are justified by faith, we have peace with God, with you, Lord. Thank you that even as believers who have peace with you, that we can have your peace uh, within us. Um, it's not from within us, it's from you, Lord, uh, by the working of the Holy Spirit who indwells us. And so as he comes in, yes, then it does come from within us, from the Holy Spirit. And so I pray that these uh, encouragements uh, will be a great help to all of us, uh, that we will really think on those things that are mentioned in Philippians 4, um, truly recognizing that our peace is from you, not from ourselves, and to live in that peace and to be able to say that in any and every circumstance, indeed, the God of peace will be with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Nathan, for uh, some great encouragement to us from this text that has been kind of my key text for the last 55 years. That's how big this text is to me. And I want to thank uh, all of you for joining us today. And I hope that uh, you'll be encouraged by the things that we've talked about today. Our our common sign-off in our services is, Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And our prayer for you today, having looked at this particular text, is that by God's mercy, you will grow in peace to love and serve the Lord. Well said.